Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Oh, I like when you answer some of our questions on social media. So we asked a package deal. You get two options. Mm. You get Dabo Swinney and Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Got to get them together. Mm-hmm. So if you want Trevor, you got to get Dabo. Or you get Urban Myers and Justin Urban Myers. Urban Myers. <laughs> Sorry, Herbs. <laughs> you call him Herbs now? Urban Myers. You call him Herbs? And Justin Fields. Okay. So, get, so A, actually on my list here on Twitter, is uh, A is Urban Meyer and Justin Fields. B is Swinney and Trevor Lawrence. Oh, you can vote? You would take Trevor Lawrence and Swinney. Yeah. And I would take Myers and Fields. So some interesting responses to this along the way. Uh... Your coach has entered the portal. It's such a long handle name that I I had to, like, click on his full profile to see it. Uh What are people's fascination with college coaches, especially ones who only won because they can recruit? Anyone can win at Madden when you create a custom team full of 99 OVR players. Listen, I understand that take, but Urban Meyer can flat out coach. And those guys are culture builders. And around here in Jacksonville, you need culture. The culture's been not good enough. Okay, so uh, that's what I would say. Matt Sermon says, what happens in three, four years when he gets heartburn or indigestion and wants to spend more time with his family? Rather have Oscar Meyer or Mayer. What else we got? Hey, Dome Hats. What's up, Dome Hats? By the way, get a free Dome Hat with the golf card. ActionSportsShackStream18.com or ESPN690.com. Free Dome Hat. Flex. Yep, there you go. Thanks, Dome Hats. They said A, Fields and Meyer. Josh says B, because a QB can last longer than a coach, and Trevor Lawrence might be transcendent. I don't like either as a package, though. <laughs> That's not the question. Dilla says A. Dilla's jumping in. What's up, Dilla? A, 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 99 problems. And something else says. Jay Football says, hell no, your journalists, broadcasters need to stop talking about him, meaning Meyer. He has a job. There's other coaches out there that you don't have to worry about quitting. Johnny Duval Doom. Oof, it's much tougher for me than I would have thought. In this scenario, I think I go A, but it's close. That's Urban and Fields. Mm. Matt says Urban would leave in three years with a fake illness. Give me B all day. Muzzy 61, it would be a big reason to jump ship. I don't know if that was related to that same one. Uh, smashes the A button. Another A. B this time. Swinney is better than Urban. Lawrence is better than Fields. I don't understand why anyone would choose A. Okay. Uh, my concern is year four, and if they start losing, you might get a heart attack or some other and my contract health-related thing. Scott Glazier says, B. Uh, Christian Montoya says, why would either come here? <laughs> so, C, none of the above. <laughs> hmm. uh, so, here's the deal. So, people are afraid of Urban that he might leave. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Here's what I would say to that. Sign me up tomorrow for seven eight wins next year. 9 to 10 wins the year following, and 11 to 12 wins the year following. And then if Urban wants to bid adieu, I'll say thank you. Because it's one thing that Gator fans still hasn't done enough to Urban Meyer, probably. Mm -hmm. They still hate the fact that he left. Yeah, but Gator fan hasn't said thank you for the two national titles enough. Yeah, but let's but, uh, let's pump the brakes real quick. You think Urban Meyer can come in here and next year win ten games? There's no way. Listen, don't hold me to the numbers, but okay. you get my point. Oh yeah, I don't but... think Urban Meyer would come in here with with what's at his disposal right now. And again, you got to pair him up with a good GM. You got to mm-hmm. make a lot of right decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I think this thing is pretty well set. 
I, I think the, this thing is pretty well set up for someone so much so that I say this is a no-excuse job for the GM and the head coach. Like, if you screw this up and don't win in the next two, three, four years in Jacksonville, that's on you. That's not because, hey, that was because we didn't have enough money. We didn't have enough draft picks. We It's Jacksonville. No, 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 no. There's no excuse for the next people that come in here. This thing is set up. Anybody would take this. The only hesitation to take this at all is because if you say Jacksonville. But that's an unfair one, too, because the owner will spend money, and the owner is going to show patience. Well, it's because of Jacksonville and what they have on the team right now. Like there's the, the, there's not a lot of guys to get excited about if you're a coach coming in here. Not a lot, but enough to do uh, to, for a start. It's not ripped down to the. Well, no, it's not ripped down. But listen, say Urban Meyer, say you're Dabo right now, and say that you're a coach coming in the Jacksonville Jaguars. You signed. Who are you excited to to lead your team out there and to play football with? Well, I'm excited that I have an offensive line. I'm excited about DJ Chark. I'm excited about LaVisca Chenault. I'm excited about James Robinson. On the defensive side, I'm excited about Josh Allen. I do have C.J. Henderson. I don't know how everybody views him, but okay. I have, you know, I, I mean, I've got two draft picks. You're excited about C.J. Henderson? Well, I've got two young players that I think every sure. personnel guy in the NFL would say, I'll take those guys on my team right now. They're, sec- they're first-year guys that if I didn't pick them at number nine, I would have picked them at 19. If I didn't pick Chase on at 20, I would have picked them at 35. Listen, man, but what I'm trying to say is name the guys right now. You come in, they're like, these are the guys I just going did. I, I just so, named but, seven listen, or eight of them on offense see, and another three or four of them. We don't know what C.J. Anderson's going to be. Miles Jack. There you go. Miles Jack. Miles Josh, Jack, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen uh, and I named seven guys on offense. How many on defense? Two? Yeah, that with resumes, I think you just got the two. Okay, interesting. It's not a lot. Well, well, you're tell you you're asking me to find Pro Bowl guys. If I'm a, if I'm putting I'm a 53 man you ro- to find yes, Pro Bowl, no, because I'm not. I'm again, if I'm putting you. together a 53 man roster, I'll take a young C.J. Henderson, a Chase. No, on. I'll that, take Dewan Smoot you're, you're for not, depth. You're not I'll listening take Joe to the Schober. question. You're not listening to the question. The question is, which of these guys are going to be excited. the guys going forward? They're going to get you excited. They're going to be the leaders going forward. They're going to be the pillars. I just named you seven. Okay, but you're, but you're naming C.J. Henderson. Like We don't know what C.J. Okay, Henderson's going to be. Okay, I took C.J. Henderson out of there Chanel, for you. Well, we can assume that LaVisca Chanel could be that guy. But we're not talking LaVisca Chanel quite yet. Like, if you had Justin Jefferson, would you be a little better right now? Or do you want LaVisca Chanel? <laughs> I, I feel better if I had Nick Bosa and sure. I, if I had Tom Brady. I'm and just if I had... saying, man, in terms of the pillars, in terms of leaders going forward, yes, James Robinson. Yes, most of these offensive linemen. I'm not going to name all the offensive linemen. I'll take their offensive line them, right now. Yep. Okay. Some of them, I mean, I, I don't know, man. But all I'm saying is there's not a lot of guys, at least I feel, in my opinion, on the defense. And there's a couple on the offense that you're excited about if you're a head coach. Like, I, I can go roster to roster to roster right now, and I can say, this guy excites me. This guy's going to be a leader. This guy already is a leader. This guy's a leader. This guy's a leader. The Jaguars don't have a lot of that. Okay, let's do it. Houston. Oh, man. Their job's open. All right. Who are you excited about? Out. Deshaun Watson. Uh, well, Wolf Fuller's not going to be there anymore. Hold up. Let me go over the roster. Because, I, I mean, I don't have the roster right in front of me, so if you give me well, a I know, second. Because I think what you do, we're, we're miss, you, you're going to be excited about a handful of guys on any roster, and then you hope that you have other players on there that complement them. That's the way it works. I'm excited to have players who I can say, this guy is going to be a leader for us down the line. Deshaun Watson is going to be that guy. Yes. David Johnson is going to be thrust into that role because of what they spent on him. Okay. Kiki Kuti is going to be that guy. Brandon Cooks, absolutely. I think Jordan Akins is coming on. 
He's one of the better tight ends right now in the AFC South. I'd put him there. Titus Howard, absolutely. J.J. Watt, no kidding. Uh, Whitney Merciless, yes. Um, you don't think Whitney Merciless? <laughs> yeah, go read on Whitney, Whitney Merciless. Nobody's seen him for the last month. Hasn't even showed up on a play. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited about an aging Whitney Merciless. I'm okay. excited about an aging David Johnson. Because did I invested I, in, I I invested just, in C.J. Henderson. Did I, I would say some of the offensive linemen. Did I just name more on the Houston Texans without even looking at the roster? Or did I name more on the, on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You Jangles named on more that I wouldn't agree with. <laughs> who, who, who don't you agree with? Why am I excited about Cootsie? Kiki Cootsie? Why? Because he's their slot guy right now. He's having a pretty good year taking over for Will Fuller. But I shouldn't be excited about Chenault or D.J. Chark? Whatever, man. You, I'm not denying DJ Chark. I think DJ Chark is a pro, he's a pro bowler. He could be an all pro. I think he could be a top 10 receiver. I never once said DJ Chark's not going to be a leader. All I said was, do we know LaVisca Chanel's going to be the guy? Are we positive yet? Because I know in Minnesota right now, they love Justin Jefferson. Do we love LaVisca Chanel like they love Justin Jefferson? Absolutely not. So I feel like I'm not quite sold on the Viscus Chanel going forward. I've seen a lot of great things. But to say he's going to be that guy, he's going to be a pro bowler, he's going to be a leader, I think is a little up in there. Okay, so we can disagree but still name seven or eight guys on each squad. There you go, man. Right? I mean, what, what do you want me to tell you, Brent? Like, I'm sitting here and saying I'm not sold on Viscus Chanel. I hate to tell you, like, the numbers, I, I get it, man. He's been hurt. He's very, like... I'm intrigued, but I'm not so he's going to be a leader three or four years. Like I, I can't see in a smokescreen where it's like three or four years down the line, LaVisca Chanel's going to be this guy. I don't know that. But if I'm Nobody coming in here that. and I'm Urban Meyer or Dabo Swinney, I can say I like it. I have that guy to work with. Yeah, listen. That's you know the what? moral of the story. At the end of the day, give me Deshaun Watson over anybody we just named on the Jacksonville Jaguars. One guy, yeah. Can't one guy that plays the most important position in yeah. all of sports. Well, and that's going to be the thing, right? One guy sure. with no cap space, with no draft picks, with no anything else to build on. So that's what we're talking about. Like, are we? Are, why would they come to Jacksonville was the thing. Yeah. Well, we know that every personnel person, every football person would say Jacksonville's a pretty good spot right now. Sure. And then, But they do ask that the question. Picks, yep. The Sean Watson, because you have the quarterback, or draft your own guy and build around it with what you have, money, picks, and mm -hmm. already some talent that's here. Yeah. So that's the question. But once again, man, and like, uh, I don't want to just myself. singly about C.J. Henderson or LaVisca no, Chanel. Well, it's about do you have enough here? You don't have enough, but do you have some guys that you would say, okay, I can start with that. We just got to go get more. But, but does that matter, though, at the end of the day? Like, see, this conversation to me is fruitless because we can say you got all these things, but it doesn't matter. Because a couple weeks ago, I broke down and I told you why it doesn't matter. You think Matt Rule had a lot at his disposal when he went to Carolina? You think money was the only factor? You think Matt Rule went to Carolina because they gave him that big contract? It's got to be more to it than that. No, Matt Rule, I think, went to Carolina because he had some pieces there that he liked. What did he have at Carolina? Christian McCaffrey. Okay. That's a pretty damn good start. Maybe Great the start. best player in the NFL. Great arguably. start. And the Giants got Saquon Barkley. Who else did they have, though, in Carolina? Well, they found out they have Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. Miles Sorry. Davis? No, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, he was a backup running back, but yeah. They had whatever ability to go get Teddy Bridgewater, which I assume Rule knew that was part of the plan coming in. But does Teddy Bridgewater do it for you, though? Let's be honest. He doesn't do it for me, but he yeah. did enough that he has an opportunity to go get him. I mean, Matt Rule might not like Fields either, but maybe Urban Meyer does and say, hey, we have an opportunity to mm -hmm. get him. I think the reason why Matt Rule took that job is because he got eight years. I Maybe. mean, that's yeah. why. Well, I because think, he can because he can take all that what we just talked about. I said I don't have enough here, but I'm going to have time to get enough, acquire enough. Yeah, but at the end of the day, man, like 
Listen, and, and I've been very adamant about this. I get that the eight years looks great and they have faith in you, but no coach goes into a situation and says, well, I got time to put up my feet because I have eight years. Like, that's not how the coaching philosophy works. I guarantee you Matt Rule sat down those Carolina meetings and said, we're going to win right now and here's how we're going to do it. And if you want to talk like that and you see that roster, there wasn't a lot of pieces to build from. Yes, you had Christian McCaffrey. Yes, you had a backup running back. You eventually got Robbie Anderson, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the entire NFL. But in terms of a defense, in terms of an offensive line, you didn't really have much to write home about, but he still went there. So you can't tell me that like money's everything. Something else had to be there. Yeah, I, I don't believe it's money as much yeah. as it is time. Yeah. You know, I, I do. But I, I believe time will be an interesting factor here. You know, again, Jason Fitz says it when he joins us on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to look at Matt Rule's contract. I think people are going to look at um, the Raiders mm-hmm. and, and what they did with Gruden. Ten year deal. And I'm not saying it's going to mimic that, mm-hmm. but I think time's going to. And that's what makes this attractive to a degree as well, because Shad has already shown patience with guys that don't even have that length of contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, eight years with Caldwell, eight years with Todd Wash, mm-hmm. four years and four years with the coach. So I think that patience and time will benefit the Jaguars as well. Will he be willing to go? Hey, here's a six year deal. Here's a seven year deal. I don't know. Depends who they get. But I even think time is showing up in a different topic. We'll talk about the Buffalo Bills. They are giving Josh Allen time and look at the development. Right. They didn't squeeze him. Be like, oh, no, we don't think he's enough or he's good enough. Boom. No, we're going to work with him. We're going to develop him. And three years later, look what's working out for him. Uh, all right. Let's go from that and break away from football for a moment, because uh, we have um, some important news in on Keontae Johnson. And first of all, just tough story. I mean, it's it's there's no other way to say it. It's It's a tough story. Yeah. Uh, feel for the young man, feel for the Gators basketball program, feel for, for just everybody involved. And, and we all sit here and wait and wonder now about uh, the health of, of Keontae Johnson, the f- fantastic basketball player for the Gators who collapsed on Saturday morning in Tallahassee against Florida State after an alley-oop in a timeout and uh, was taken to Tallahassee Hospital State overnight, has now been moved according to his family. Uh, I think it's his grandfather who talked to USA Today Mm -hmm. and said that he is in a medically induced coma and has been moved to uh, Gainesville and transported. Mm -hmm. Uh, This article in USA Today that speaks to his grandfather says uh, the quote is this. They're just not sure. He may have had activity in the brain, so they induced the coma. They put him on medication to keep him sedated. I think this also says it does that they he could come out of the medically induced coma as soon as this afternoon. Mm. Florida very quiet expectedly mm. on, on this front. Uh, that's the latest. That's an update that we haven't had since yesterday morning, and that's coming from the family. Yeah. The, the, the quiet nature of this is what's really the scary part, I think, from my standpoint. The fact that Mike White didn't talk right after the game, he was going to. He was going to be the only one. And and that was certainly understandable given the emotions of of that Gator basketball team. But then he didn't. And he went right to the hospital. And then the statement on Sunday morning. And outside of that, been very, very quiet on Keontae Johnson. And again, it's kind of not our business from a medical standpoint. But there's a curiosity involved in the quiet nature of this. The longer... Think people stay silent. You wonder what's going on, it seems and like what the whole don't they know, watching. right? Yeah. And what don't they know? Because if they knew more, then I think we would probably get some sort of an update uh, on Keontae Johnson. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a very scary situation, 
and obviously was all over social media and everything. Um, I, I didn't watch the video. I don't need to watch the video. I, I, I get it. Okay. I don't need to watch the video, um, of him collapsing. And I wasn't watching that game live at the time, but you know, this is, it's kind of a slippery slope a little bit because yes, the, the, this is a major incident. He's in the hospital right now and you have to respect the family's privacy and his privacy. And obviously I think right now the coaches, obviously the parents or, or the grandparents or whoever else is responsible for him, they know a lot more than we know right now. But it's hard because we're sitting here and usually when these things happen, you hear good news, he's awake, he's making a full recovery, yeah. this is what happened. Like this is the world that we live in. Not saying it's right or wrong, but like this is we we live by the twenty four hour news cycle. Yeah, we and usually it, know something. And we're updated by now, right? And all we have to go off of is, you know, this this kid's in a medically induced coma. And that's pretty much it. You hear the word coma, that's not good. No, and prior to that, by the way, it was critical but stable condition. Yeah. Which that also is concern. I mean, the, the yeah. longer it stays in critical condition, I have concerns. I'm not a doctor. I don't even know. We looked up what those terms mean. Yeah. But that, I think what those terms mean that a lot of the vitals are not exactly where they want them to be, but they're controlling things. And, exactly. and obviously the medically induced coma indicates that as well. So listen, great doctor, some of the best in the world. Sure. Right. Tallahassee to Gainesville, yeah. great hands. But as novices of this stuff and just on the outside world looking in, there is still mega concern mm -hmm. about the health of Keontae Johnson, as there should be. Well, and the biggest thing that I was trying to get is the fact that we haven't heard the positive update yet. No. Uh, and, and that's what we Not live the for in the media. Yeah, the, the all clear, where it's like, all right, here's what happened. Here's why it happened. And we talk about it. We aren't there yet. you know. And I think until we get to that point, um, we're, we're going to be caught in kind of like in this, I guess, like this limbo, I guess you would say, where it's like, we're just waiting to see like everybody else is. And and that's scary. Like, you know, I mean, it's scary because if you watch that video, I heard, I heard about it. I heard it's very graphic. It's very unsettling. And when you pinpoint that to where he's at right now, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, I I hesitate. And in fact, I hesitate so much. I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to bring up. There are a lot of different uh, things that will come about over this. There's a lot of storylines. Yeah. There's storylines of how it will impact their basketball team going forward. There's there's storylines of that whether he had, and the grandfather did not confirm in the USA Today story, yeah. whether he had COVID-19 or he was just quarantined, but the basketball team was quarantined at one time. So there are stories that will follow this, but I don't think that's for today. I think this is still so much about Keontae Johnson and his health. Mm -hmm. um, the emotions of that day, I only can imagine what that, basketball team is feeling yeah. uh, both teams were touched by it both coaches both programs both fan bases college basketball i mean the messages around the country uh were pretty incredible the outpouring support so we don't know where this is going to land you know it's 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 unbelievable at times we uh we see this in sports uh we see it in terms of injury that that almost is like my goodness right uh from Gordon Hayward when he oh, – yeah, the man. grotesque injury. Alex Smith, yeah. the injury. Mackenzie Milton, who, by the yeah. way, is now going to end up coming back and trying to play at Florida State. I remember that, that injury. That basketball player from – and I forgot his name. The guy from Louisville in the tournament. I think it was a tournament. Yeah, the NCAA tournament. Yes, Hank yeah. Gathers. And Thank so, you very much, and, yeah. But I was going to get to that. We okay, see injuries that are massive and are like, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, they catch our attention. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they make us pause a little bit. And then we have – you know, when I was a kid, it was such a huge moment, uh, and I remember as Hank Gathers, and obviously the connection to Bo Kimball. 
um, after that. But Hank, Hank Gathers Loyola Marymount was, I mean, in my psyche, a major story of my life in, in terms of sports and um, sadness and, and tragedy that I would bring up. And, and everybody kind of went there, which I think is a dangerous thing to do right now as well with this situation. But it is it does, if, if we're being honest, pop in your head. Yeah. So uh, there is so much going on around this story that, um, again, I think it's mostly for another day. I, I think this is uh, just something that right now we can continually say it thoughts and prayers uh whatever you believe in whatever you but this is a, it seems like still a very serious situation for Keontae johnson uh, i guess the only issue you could say here on a monday that that i'm willing to talk about mm-hmm. um until we know more on this young man's health is should they have played the game yeah. did you have a problem with them playing the game i i, I would just be honest with you i didn't as much uh, i know some people have second guessed that i know they asked both the players, I think in most situations, are going to say yes. I, I don't think they know exactly what's going on at the time. Yeah. Um, I'm also not as critical as some others about Mike White should have left and gone. I'm, I, listen, that is this is such a unique circumstance that even when he did go down, I don't think anybody expected us to still be talking about it like this on Monday yeah. in the initial moments. So. I'm not critical of it, but I understand why people questioned whether they should have played the game. Yeah, I'm not critical of it either, but I'll be honest with you, I can't believe those players still played, yeah. you know, from his team. Because, you know, I always compare it to the Austin Collie hit. And it was really the, the hit that ended Austin Collie's career. Yeah, you I mean, saw that up close. I saw it up close, and and I heard him snoring, and I heard him making noises I never heard a human being make before. And I'll be honest, I thought he was dead. And that was the first time in that moment where I thought, this isn't a game, man. Like, the, 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 there's more to it than just having fun and, yeah, yeah. And, and jumping around and stuff. Like, that was literally, I was in the NFL, and I thought that for the first time. I saw injuries here. They're ACLs. Yeah, this is real life. But this is, like, real life here from yeah. that injury. And I always kind of think, and nothing against basketball players, but the football players, we have our pads on, right? It almost feels like armor. It's almost like we're in the arena and everything like that, and it's like we're tough. Yeah, Austin Collie was okay. Let's move on. With basketball, I feel like it's more emotional. It's more personal because it's just you. It's just you and your shorts and um, and your jersey. And I can't imagine what his teammates were going through. And I can't imagine his teammates trying to find a way to finish that game um, after that incident. Even at the college level, though, we, we are so wowed by the uh, impressive nature of how good athletes these guys are in basketball, yeah. NBA and college. Moments before this, before he collapsed, and now we sit and wait and and. We continue to share all the thoughts with Keontae Johnson and his family and everybody around that program. He's seemingly eight feet above the rim with an alley-oop. And 30 seconds later, it's this. Um, It's just a a stark reality of something we don't see very often in sports. But now uh, here it is. And uh, the latest uh, medically induced coma, according to his grandfather, according to USA Today, that's the latest on Keontae Johnson. We'll continue to follow this story and hopefully get better news and and good news um, in the hours and days ahead on the the Florida Gators basketball player. We'll take a timeout. We come back. uh, We shift back to football, including a massive game and how it tilted potentially the national championship story in college football. It happened in Gainesville Saturday night, Florida and LSU. We'll talk about it next. Brent Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, it's been different for sure. I'm just trying to, you know, help Mike any way I could. And, you know, just help the team any way I could through preparation, through practice. 
Um, but, you know, there's always that itch, and, you know, there's really nothing to scratch it other than just getting out there and playing. That's Gardner Minshew. Now the Jags' starting quarterback. Again. It's usually a big thing, but when you're 1-12, it kind of uh, doesn't feel like a big thing. Welcome to our world, and where the offseason can't come soon enough, and Urban Meyer in a potential scenario, yeah. if you will, is more of a big thing. Because the rumor mill has started here in the silly season with three weeks to go in the NFL season. Can I ask you a question real quick, Brent? I Matt? can't wait. And I want honesty. I want eye contact when you answer this question, because I can tell. All right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pro poker player. I can tell when you're bluffing. Urban Meyer. Mm. How much are his people paying you to talk him up right now? Because you seem to be on the Urban Meyer train. You're really pushing him right now. Listen, how much? I don't do I don't do that. How much, Brent? I wish a lot. <laughs> we get a TV in here? <laughs> yes. If Urban Meyer is hired, I'll buy a TV. To put in it, here. <laughs> yeah, a little caveat at the end, man. Oh, you buy a TV? What, a projection for the for the outdoor fireplace or one in here? In here. Okay. I want to talk a little bit more Urban Meyer in a bit because I want to re- revisit something. We we talked to Urban Meyer, remember, last month? We did. And it was about I, – I really liked what he said about culture and everything. Yeah. And now, should, go ahead. Sorry. It, but, I mean, I really did. I, we brought that up. This we wasn't did. related to the Jacks job. But, again, we've been trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with the Jacks. And so when you say that – and then I heard Urban Meyer talk about this on Fox, I think it was, during his during the college football coverage. Yeah. I was like, wow, that makes some sense now. And I didn't relate it at all to, hey, let's bring Urban. No, but now no. that this rumor's out there, it's like, okay, I'm going to go back. I want to revisit. I want to remember what he said and see if it still adds up in my mind. Because if that's what he's bringing, yeah. I'm for, I remember like it was, I three, think it was steps, three things. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was three things that you have to have to yeah. have success. And again, this guy has had success, so he knows what that looks like. You can mm. disagree with this, a lot of different things. And, and I know there's stuff on, on Urban that you can not like and all that. But – you can't disagree with his success. Yeah. And, and so, and to be honest with you, man, I don't care. I don't care what you get in here in Jacksonville. I hear you. I really don't anymore. Just like, make it exciting. I, guy doesn't have to win the press conference. Yeah. Guy doesn't have to be a great soundbite. Yeah. The guy doesn't have to like me. Yeah. The guy doesn't have to talk to me. I don't give a crap what you get in Jacksonville, oh. but can we get something that equals a W? Let's like, be that's honest, where Brent. I'm at. He's going to like you, man, because he's got some great taste. In sports radio shows here in Jacksonville. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Let's hope so. Uh, hey, best shoe headline from the weekend. <laughs> what did you see that stood out? I mean, there was the meme of LSU. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of, I felt you're kind of milking it in, though, with that. Well, how one. ironic, though, LSU. that Gardner Minshew gets named the starting quarterback this weekend. Big, hey, big week for the shoes. Big week for the shoes. Listen. This goes to show you how far the game has come since 2009, if I'm not mistaken. I want to go back to Eastern Illinois real quick. Normal Illinois. You ever heard of Normal Illinois? That's what it's called. That's where, that's where the Eastern Illinois Panthers play. Home of Tony Romo. Home of Sean Payton. Home of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a big football city. Now, keep in mind, sponsored by New Balance, so how legit are you? Right? Like, the only team I've ever came across that was sponsored by New Balance. You'd be one of those quarterbacks or offensive minds, and I don't care what shoe you wear. They, they, they literally, I'm not even exaggerating here, they had the gray New Balance cleats. Not even, ex- and they're blue and black. Gray. 
on the bottom. Like, what man, do you know? hey, I'm not sure what that contract looked like. I'm not sure there's some kind of perks underneath the table. Maybe some of these players are rolling around in Mercedes Benzes, for all I know. But all I'm saying is, when you rock New Balances, no one's taking you seriously. Now, they beat us every single year, okay? <laughs> Good team, Eastern Illinois. Very proud football tradition. They beat us. But I want to go back to my junior year. And this is actually during the, the A-Train road trip I was talking about last week, right? So A-Train road trip, we got about 125 people at the game. Big game for me, Brent, obviously, right? People are tailgating the parking lot, pounding brewskis. I had to have a big game. And you know me. Maybe you don't know me, but you should know me by now. I'm a very intense individual when it comes to crossing those white lines. And during that game, um, an offensive lineman's helmet seemed to fall off uh, in a pile. And I took it upon myself to pick up that helmet and I chucked that helmet as far as I could towards the opposite direction. The thing must have landed about 25 to 30 yards down the field. The offensive lineman goes, what the, you know, what the bleep, basically. And I go, <laughs> I'm just like, hey, you like that? <laughs> yeah, go get it. I ain't going to get it. And I even told him, like, go get it. But the best part about this story was the ref. Because keep in mind, we're in a big pile, right? There's like a skirmish or whatever. I pick up the helmet. I throw it. The ref sees the whole thing. The ref just goes, come on, 97, come on. That's it. Doesn't, doesn't throw a flag or anything. I mean, literally, it was like to the point, like, what do you see? So saying, come on, 97. Where it's just like, you're you're like a substitute teacher, and you're in a classroom, you've lost all control, and you're just like, come on, guys. I don't have any sit, more flags please, left. Please sit down, <laughs> guys. Like that, That's what it was, Brent. And literally, no penalty, just a little come on, a little slap on the wrist. And it is what it is. So are you, is this your way of trying to tell me that you don't think that should have been a penalty? I don't think so. Are you serious? I'm serious, man. Because I get it. Dude, like, the whole mental... Wo- Listen! Hey, Coos. Brent! Is, he, is, is there something I don't know about? Well, uh, what's up? Is he, is he being recruited <laughs> by table? another station in town? What's up? Is he being is he being recruited at all? Oh no! Oh no! Tra- hey, no! 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 I just no. wonder. No, man. No. I mean, is there something up hey, behind the scenes? to be silent. <laughs> but behind the scenes, go on Twitter. They don't. They're, they're never tweeting me back. Oh, just Most, making sure. Most Southwest all day, <laughs> every day. All right. I must. I must be following a Most Southwest page. Anyways. <laughs> Flex. Little flex. Anyways, listen, Brent. I have no ties to the Florida Gators, right? I'm mm-hmm. honestly, I we can, both don't. I, and, and listen, I, and with all due respect to the Florida fans out there, I could care less about you guys. Really? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna cover you. Well, we're gonna talk hey, about you, Florida fan. I love you as yeah. long as you're listening. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I said with all due respect to the fans, Brent, and I meant it this time. So listen, but I could care less about if, if they win or they lose. I mean, yeah, Kyle Trask, fun story, yada yada yada. But I truly think throwing a shoe. A penalty that costs you essentially the game, and it's not just that one play. Of course not. But it was a big, it was a big play, though. It was a big play. <laughs> I think that one play that when you throw a shoe, you're you're playing the game, mental warfare, physical warfare, if you will. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. And if I'm a referee, I have no idea how you make that call. And by the way, didn't the referee go for throwing a shoe? The greatest line. I mean, we don't have. I, we're gonna have it in, in the next break, or hopefully, we're gonna have to find it. But um, Kuz didn't read the rundown, so I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, um, it was an un- unbelievable announcement. Yeah. For yeah. throwing the LSU player's shoe yeah. twenty yards down the field. Now, now, now listen. You're on company time right now. You're an SEC official. Stop clout chasing. That, that, that's all that was. That was a great she, call. What? It was funny. Yeah, I, mean, was I, funny. I laughed my butt off. But let's be honest. You could have said just, you know, whatever. <laughs> no. Like, you wanted to get some of that clout. You
You want to be on college game day the next week with your call. He's I, everywhere. He got what you wanted. He, he got what he wanted. Yeah. Listen, uh, it you can't do it. It was listen. You know, you know, you see the towels come out now, sure. right? And I think it even happened earlier in the game. You tackle a guy and you kind of like extra. Yeah. The towel goes in the air. You can't take a guy's shoe and throw it down the field. I mean, he threw it. He did throw it twenty yards. By the way, how far could you throw a shoe? How far did you throw the helmet that game? I told you. It was like, well, the best part was it was probably realistically probably 15 yards, and then it rolled. <laughs> just <laughs> like, going. Atlanta just right. Slow and motion. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> and I literally go to yeah, that's right. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. Bocce. Yeah. Bocce. Bocce ball. <laughs> but but if what it, like, that's, by the way, you gave a great example. I don't know. Like, the the towel is one thing. Sure. It's, it's like a light as a feather. Yeah. The shoe, what if it was a helmet? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why the shoot. That's why you can't do it. Like there's there's two things. I mean, you can't do it. You just can't because you can't. I mean, we all know. Listen, I, my kid's a Gator fan. Yeah, I'm not a Gator guy. My kid's a Gator guy, and he didn't. And he's young, and so he would easily be the one to say, "I can't believe they called that." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he didn't even touch it. He was like floored that he did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do it. You can't do it again. There's. I don't – who do you think – I asked this question. We can talk more about it, probably hit a break here in a minute. But who should be – who do you think Gator fans are more upset at? Is is it Marco Wilson? Or do you think now that the, the days have passed, yeah. they're still upset at Mullen? Because the, at the end of the day, Dan Mullen, who's done a terrific job, he's a fantastic coach. But there's a couple of things that line up with Mullen here. That whole – Halftime skirmish that he was a part of. The pumping up the fans. You 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 are who your coach is sometimes. You embody your coach. And that really in a now Mullen didn't throw a clipboard at anybody, didn't throw his headset at anybody, didn't throw a shoe across the field. But that same no, kind it. of fired up nature in that play, well, you, you can't tell me that your kid can't do it when you did it earlier in the year, something similar. No, and, yeah. and by the way, that's not my biggest beef with Mullen. The biggest beef is have your team ready to play because that team on the other side is not good. Like, LSU is not good. And, a, a and you didn't have your team ready to play. No, and, and that warrants criticism, absolutely. The Florida Gators were not ready to play. You can't tell me it's any differently. I'm the guy that sat here, though, a couple weeks and said, I love Dan Mullen going in the middle of the field. Now, I don't like the punches uh-huh. being thrown and stuff like that. But I love the fire that he showed because it's an emotional game, man. All right? So I love the emotion. I love the grit. I love the toughness. And I'm not mad at the shoot throw. <laughs> and, and you're not going to tell me differently, man. I love it. In, in a weird way, and I know this is a little hyperbole, folks. I get it. It's a little dramatic. But in a weird way, the reason why you should have had a problem with the halftime stuff with Mullen is because of the shoe throw. Because it, it, it amounted to something. It, it, you yeah. know, it's it's... I don't think they're that related. That's, I hesitate to say it like that. Yeah. But I think you can make the case they're two of the same type of reaction. No, no, listen. Basically, you're Quentin Tarantino right now. We see the shoe throw. It's like, well, let's go back. How did we get here? How did it end like this? Well, you can look at the halftime incident and say, I might have something to do with it. Did it cost Florida a chance at a national championship to be in the Final Four? What should everybody do? And what about the SEC and everyone piling on Ohio State and the Big Ten right now? Mm-hmm. Let's discuss it. We've got a little more college football to get to. From Urban Meyer all the way to the Florida Gators and Alabama Crimson Tide, Ohio State Buckeyes, Clemson and Notre Dame. Oof. Thank goodness they played football this college season. Who are you telling What man? would we be talking about? It's next on ESPN 690. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Number 11 of the defense. Throwing the LSU player's shoe 20 yards down the field. 
there, you idiot. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. That, of course, Austin Powers. Yep. Austin Powers hasn't had this many hits on that movie. It's been a, a long, long time. time, man. But long, that was the movie time. click of the week, most oh, likely, yeah. right? Hands down. I mean, every gif, every meme had to deal with that Austin Powers. I think I saw a quote from Ada Wardron today. He said, uh, it's funny, all I'm doing is asking for shoes for Christmas now or something. <laughs> it's like... Throwing a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about the part of piling on a college player like that, even from a coaching stand. Like, I get it. It's yeah. fandom. It's rivalry. And, and now you got to live with that. You kind of enter the arena, right? We always talk about it. Yeah. That's the way the world is now. But there's still a part of me. There's a soft part of me that feels bad for, like, Marco Wilson has to deal with all that. You know, and it, it, I mean, it's a player that's going to live in infamy. And that's what sports is. Again, you got to have courage to enter the arena yeah. because you can be the star, yeah. but you can be the GOAT. And, and yeah, you, can. you can be talked about for 40, 50 years, good and bad. Yeah. I mean, listen, don't enter the arena and then throw your opponent's sword in the crowd. <laughs> you know, like, there's some respect there. But listen, and, and I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna die on this hill, and I understand I'm going to die on this hill. And I'm sure if I put it on Twitter, people will come after me, and that's fine. I don't got a problem with it. I don't think it should have been a penalty. I like it, man. I get it. Psychological warfare. And, and you know what? Like, listen, I don't want to be over dramatic or anything like that. But in that moment, watching that LSU player walk to get his shoe, however far that guy threw it, maybe 15 yards, maybe 20 yards, whatever the case may be, watching that opponent, that rival, walk to get his shoe that you just threw almost feels as good as a win. Almost feels as rewarding as maybe going to a BCS title game, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Brent. I'm telling you right now. I don't think so. Brent, Brent, listen, man. You just don't know this one, okay? I don't know this yeah. one. You told me in the break. You said when you threw that helmet, that guy oh, had to I go walk and pick it. it up. Dude, I was Ichiro Suzuki coming from right field, <laughs> crow hops and everything to home plate. I'm telling you, man. It, it's, it's such a – I can't even put it into words, but it's such a cool feeling to see. Hey, uh, you could hear the Florida State uh, basketball game and football game uh, over the weekend right here on ESPN 690. Just got a couple of things in. We're going to update Keontae Johnson in a moment, too, because we've got a new update okay. in the last uh, 20 minutes. But um, Mackenzie Milton, you saw that story this weekend. Former UCF quarterback, obviously a gruesome injury, has come back and, and wants to play again and is ready to play again and, and give it a go. And you saw, if you didn't see, he uh, is transferring to Florida State. And uh, that has become official. Uh, Florida State just announced that he has signed and will play at Florida State to Hill and Roll in January hmm. and be eligible to play immediately in 2021. So a uh, big football story for Mike Norvell. You know, that could be a heck of a turn, help them turn around the program if he's still got something. I think yeah. it's an if. I don't know what you know about Mackenzie Milton at this point. I, I think that's a hard thing. Mm -hmm. But if he's ready to go and if he has some of that skill set that we saw at UCF I think that's a great fit for Mike Norvell yeah. that style of play so um interesting thing to talk about with Florida State football as it moves forward coming off a nice win by the way on Saturday we'll send you to break with this update and we'll talk a little bit more about the national championship landscape I want to get back into Urban Meyer for a bit too uh but I want to keep updating you on Keontae Johnson and this in from University of Florida Keontae Johnson has been successfully transferred as planned from Tallahassee Memorial to UF Health in Gainesville by Shands Care. He continues in critical but stable condition, is following simple commands and undergoing further tests. 
So if there was a medically induced coma, that makes it seem like he's out of the medically induced coma. Remember, the report earlier was from USA Today, and his grandfather said he was in a medically induced coma. But they are now saying he's following simple commands, at least in this, from Florida. So That's positive. Positive, but he remains in critical, stable condition. He's been in that condition since, I think, Saturday afternoon when we first got the word from Florida on a condition. That hasn't changed. So I still think there's a lot of concern. I think the positive news here is he's following simple commands and undergoing further tests. So that's the latest from Yeah, Florida. I mean, obviously, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that's what we're all looking for right now. So All right, so that's the latest on Keontae Johnson. We continue to update you on that and uh, think about that young man, Florida Gators basketball player and a really good talent uh, as well. Uh, battling right now in Gainesville. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more college football. The... Uh, Playoff landscape. Wow, it's an interesting one. The lobbying is happening between conferences. Where do you sit on this topic? And there's a bunch of different topics weaved into here. And then also Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked a lot about it earlier in the show. I'll bring it back up and add a thing or two on Urban Meyer and just the rumor bill uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's coming up on ESPN 690 here on a Monday. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690.